In today's world, listeners are complex and multidimensional, and it's a little cumbersome to toggle back and forth from channel to channel trying to get your fix. We feel your podcast should be just as diverse as you. Welcome to Fred Talks, where the topics are as layered and multifaceted as you are, with a dash of inspiration and a little bit of an edge. Hey, welcome to another episode of Fred Talks, a catalyst for crucial conversations for the culture. I'm your host, Fred B. And because I left you hanging during my last conversation with Mrs. Jasmine Davis, we continue the conversation today with part two of the soft black girl episode. We get into it right after these ground rules. This probably doesn't need to be said, but of course, we're going to say it anyway. The views and opinions expressed on Fred Talks podcast are not to be misconstrued as professional advice, counsel, gospel, a personal attack, law, guarantees, a substitution for hard work, a one-size-fits-all formula for every scenario, or any type of promise. It's a podcast, y'all. Come on. You know you need to consult a credentialed professional before making a hasty or significant change with your life. Don't you? Don't you? Of course you do. Now, be encouraged by the show. Be entertained by the show. Be challenged to cross-examine some of your long-held beliefs. Note, the host and his guests have strong views held loosely. Being committed to lifelong learning means that their perspectives may change in light of information. That's not contradiction. That's evolution. So please, don't come for us. Unless we send for you. Now that we have an understanding, let's get back to today's episode of Fred Talks. There's the other nationality. I agree with what you said. Like, you know, for us to praise the femininity of another woman of another nationality, uh, we're simultaneously praising the man who created that type of environment. But is that man still worthy of that type of adulation if it was by ill-gotten gain? Or is that a whole nother conversation? Like, the outcome is the outcome. We're not talking I about feel the like the outcome, outcome is the outcome. 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 Okay. It's, it's the outcome is the outcome because the people of that people group, um, they don't, you know, this is where we start getting into tribalism, you know, but, yeah, you know, yeah, the people yeah. of that people group, they are concerned primarily with their people group. So that's their, their people yeah. group, you're right, and that's just, you know, the way it works, you know, if their people group are dominant, the women of that people group, they're not necessarily thinking, you know, they don't, they're not <laughs> in that headspace. They don't have to be in that headspace because yeah. the men have taken care of that. So they yeah. don't have to think about that. It as really long does as, you know, their protection yeah. and, and their provision is not, um, is not um, threatened. They are okay. Now, am I saying that's right? Am I saying that's wrong? I'm not saying either. I'm yeah, just, just saying what it is. What is. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I would agree with that. And and that's how it's been working. I mean, it's, it's kind of easy to be easy. You had to check some brothers. Was it just you had to help them see more clearly or were they actually yes. opposing? Or no, no. They were. No, they were. It's most of them, when, you know, they find out what it is that I'm doing. They love it. You know, two of the 12, most, not all, okay. you know. Because some men, like you, like going back into what you were saying, how, you know, white supremacy, how it works, you know, we're all affected by it. So right. you don't necessarily have to be a white supremacist to embody white supremacist principles. Same thing right. with 
men, you know, that if you grow up seeing your mom being a hard-working, strong, black, independent woman and she yeah. carried out the burden, you know, that that's the programming. So you have been programmed to think that this is the way that black women should operate. And if they yeah. are trying not to operate that way, then that is not a good thing because that threatens what you perceived mm-hmm. as a healthy environment growing up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. So, yep. but most, most, most black men, you know, have been, you know, uh, yeah, I think that's a great thing. Black women should be more feminine. However, yeah. you know, it's kind of like hey, when we go into, what are some ways that black women can be, you can help black women be more feminine, you know, like, whoa, okay, now you get a little too deep, you know, because it's like, yeah. it's like they just want, and, and being an artist, you know, I don't, I don't, um, I don't, you know, uh, this is not a negative against me. This is how men are outcome based. They are, they are, yeah. they are production. What did it produce? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Like they just want the results, you know, like yeah. they don't really care about the process, but men yeah. have to understand that with femininity, femininity is something that you cannot just mass produce. You just can't turn it on. Mm. It has to mm. cultivate. Mm. And, you know, it's cultivate, like really cultivate. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I get that. So I get that. men are more so. Cause, okay, so how can you get more black women should be feminine? However, you know we have to go through an entire process to get there, and it has to be so, cultivated from. Hey, well, can you give us maybe three ge- general things? I know everyone is different, but uh, just universally, three things that a man can do to create a more uh, envi- environment that's more conducive to the woman relaxing in her feminine energy. But then as you were talking, I see how I'm thinking linear. I'm thinking transactional. I'm thinking task list. <laughs> and you're telling me like, hey, it's not just checking the box. It's it's like a vibe. It's like a you got to flow with it. Am, am I, am I mm-hmm. right in my assessment there? You are right in it, but there are some things that men can just do to start doing. Okay. Because, I mean, you know, men are action-based, so they want to change mm-hmm. it. You know, so yeah. I mean, yeah. um, you know. Oh, I guess one of those things is, hey, once we take away, first of all, I feel like the first, the warrior, the warrior, mm-hmm. is, you know, and I know this, everybody is not going to agree with this. Men are not going to agree with this. Men are not going to agree with this, but I feel like there's a place for the warrior, okay? I'm not saying that there is not, because that is a part yeah. of our heritage as African-based people, yeah. you know. Yeah. However... We are not in Africa. We are in a Western society. Yeah, you got to adapt. Yeah, yeah. You can adapt. Exactly. You know, know you know, we can. I would be um, a balance to say, if they want to, like, go into, like, the military, I can see somebody trying to argue with you, like, now I want to be a soldier. Hey, everybody should have the right, but they should not be required. Like, exactly. if if my wife wants, like, if, if something happened at the house, like by default, it's already known, like, Fred's going to handle it. Now, right. I'm not going to oppress her to not handle it, but I'm going to make her feel so comfortable, like, she don't have to worry about it. Yes. Yeah, you, you yes. could go get the burglar, but it don't make sense when I'm here. You <laughs> right. Burglar. You know? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. You okay. know, I feel like, yes, taking away the warrior, like, you do not have to be the warrior. You don't have mm-hmm. to be the one to step up to, you know, and, and I'm just, you know, mm, 
Nobody, come on, come on. Hey, okay. Hey, what? I'm, I'm <laughs> in that gym right there. Come on. You know, right now we are in a state where, you know, black men are perceived as being targeted by, sure. you know, white supremacy or, mm-hmm. you know, uh, um, or law enforcement. Sure. However, you know, um, I've, and, and what I've seen is a maternal instinct from black women to step into a role of we have to protect the black man, you know. Um, yeah. And how yeah. we do that plays out differently. We might, you know, go all out on social media about it, you know, and raise yeah. awareness. Or yeah. they actually show up to march, you know, at a march or yeah. some type of yeah. protest. But mm-hmm. and what I'm seeing in most of these protests, if you look at the images, of any protest, look up Ferguson. Mm-hmm. When you look, who who do you see primarily at the forefront? You're going to I see, see women. women. Yeah, yeah. it's not but, reciprocal. The support does not is not reciprocal. Exactly. Uh, it's yeah. not. And do we want to put our most delicate, precious gems mm-hmm. at the forefront every time? You know, while yeah, is that what we want? Is that the image? And also, I don't think we understand to other people groups that weakens our image. Because when we have safety, if they can, if they look at the same things we look at. When they see that yeah. women are the warriors of a race that automatically makes the men of that race inferior or uh, weaker to this people group. They can't even respect it. I don't disagree with what you're saying. But I also, not but, because I don't want to cancel what I'm saying. I don't necessarily disagree. However, I am also thinking, though, I wonder if other, okay, like black people, like we have to have an awareness of our race to be able to navigate through this, through the labyrinth of rules and all these. I don't think other people have to have the same awareness as we have. And so because they don't have to have that same awareness, I don't know if, Generally speaking, when they see this in front of them on the news, they're thinking uh, that analytically about it. Um, I don't think it comes down to thinking analytically as much as it does uh, perception and subconscious programming. Okay. Okay. I I think that, and and I do think that it does affect um, our image of black women and and race Mm -hmm. as well because we see, we've seen multiple times. When, when when black women a black woman can be assaulted in broad daylight, and no one will come to her aid. But if uh, that was a white woman, everyone yeah. in the vicinity would help because we see her. We have been programmed to see white women yeah. as women, as feminine, as soft, as delicate, protected. But we Jasmine, have been programmed. My heart is hurting as you're talking. Like, yeah, man, because really we've been programmed to see black women as warriors, as strong, as mighty gorilla-like, almost. I mean, even think about the images that they portrayed of Michelle Obama. Serena. You know, yeah. that was Serena her programming. Serena yeah. Williams, exactly. So uh. the more we continue to, we don't, we hate these images as women, but we also have to understand that if we are at the forefront of every single side, and this mm. is the programming that is TV, the media, this is what is subconsciously speaking, we're not necessarily negating we're, it's 
only confirming those false stereotypes about black women being masculinized. Is there any merit to this statement? That it's not that men are voluntarily abdicating their position as like protectors, you know, not showing up and things like that, but it's that so many of them have been captured and tethered, uh, restricted some kind of way. You know, because, I mean, statistically, numerically, there's there's more women than there are men. So even if all the men showed up one, would it still look like that because there's just such a dearth of men, black men, compared to the black w- amount of black women that have the liberty to move around and take up causes? Uh, so one, so just by numbers. And then two, um, would you say it's more men abdicating their position? Or would you say that it's um, them being captured uh, assert themselves and take their position? And even as I'm saying it, it feels like it's a cop-out, but I want to hear you speak to it anyway. Okay. So men, okay, women, black women do outnumber black men in America, but when you really look at the numbers, it's not by that much. You know, it's it, we outnumber men, but it's not like a drastic outnumber, you know. Okay. So, you know, and we typically always have, however, you know, if you look at the 60s, you know, when you looked at um, certain marches and stuff, um, you saw even then we outnumbered men, but men were at the forefront. I feel like what has happened there has been a breakdown in how typically race. And some of this goes mm. back to mm. women as well. And we have to understand that we have contributed. I mean, we are the wounds that carry, you know, the race. So, I mean, it's the whatever state the race is in, it is, it is a direct reflection upon the woman of that race as well. You're not, we can't blame all of this to me. I mean, yeah, yeah. You know, and, and nothing about how you communicate, Jasmine, says, like, you're trying to blame. You know, I know that people would love to, like, troll it would it would be it would uh it would uh, arouse their insecurity and they would be tempted to troll and be overly defensive but just right. hearing your heart nothing about what you're saying and how you're saying it is is like pejorative towards black men you're just sharing your observation which yes. i think is pretty sound yeah yes and which is why you know i'm i'm trying to do my part as far as not aware and how i raise my son you know? I'm married yeah. to a black man. I have three black sons. And, you know, yeah. I'm very aware and very, very conscious in how I raised them. Um, you know, I grew up. I saw some of the breakdown. I saw how we tend to masculinize our girls and feminize our boys and also just how that plays out as far as roles and, you know, how, um, you know, there's even a um, – saying, I forget exactly how it goes, but women love their sons for their race, their daughters. We have to stop doing that. Yeah, it's too yeah. race both. You know, we can't Let me ask you this, though. Yeah. You said the breakdown in the parenting and how, um, you know, like people can feminize their boys and things like this. Mm-hmm. Man, I was going to get into this later. This is the best time to talk about, like, gender roles. Um, do you believe in traditional gender roles? 
feminizing okay. a boy. Because, and, and I say that because one of the things I think I'm intentional about doing, like with my son, I want him to be able to access the whole range of emotions that he's wired with, not just anger, frustration, like all those aggressive or assertive ones only. Like, I want you to have that. I want you to be able to tap that into that immediately if you need to. But I want you, because and the reason why is because it took me, I had to intentionally work on this for myself. Like, I was walking around, I mean, when we first got married, I would, I would be in, in unaware of the energy I'm giving off. And my wife would even ask me, and I'm like, no, nah, I'm cool. But it was because I had been so conditioned to just even, like, turn that emotional part off. Like, just, like you said, be, get the results done. Get, just produce. Like, oh, get through whatever you got to get through, almost, almost in a mechanical type, type of way. And I don't think that's healthy either. But somebody would say, well, being so emotionally aware is feminized also. What would constitute, I think the scenic route to ask, what would constitute as feminization? I just need one or two examples, maybe. Okay. When I say, now, I, okay. So this is real heavy. So, okay. <laughs> when we're raising our boys, we have to uh-huh. realize that they are human beings. So they come with a, a wide, when we're talking to First off, we have to make sure that men are able to express themselves emotionally. And I feel like that's something historically that men, especially black men, because of our special circumstances in this country, have been limited in and kind of, like you said earlier, tethered, you know, away from having to do that. You know, it's more of a survival mode, you know. So if you're in survival mode, you know, you're not able to really, you know, explore the entire compass of your being, you know, so you have to, you have to, uh, I do feel like emotional intelligence is very important to me. Two boys, I don't feel like, you know, um, I actually feel like it's very toxic when we tell boys, you know, that they can't cry or, you know, that they, um, you know, that they, um, they should just suck it up or that they aren't able to explore, you know, who they are emotionally because, you know, that's really what leads to a lot of the the um, the rape and, the, and um, the domestic violence situations. And even right now, we're seeing a, a surge of men, you know, in sales and men who hate women. And, you know, it's, it's a lot of that is because yeah. they haven't been able to really, nobody really trained them on how to go within and, you know, uh, be emotionally secure, or nobody has provided space for them to to be that. You know, it's yeah. kind of like with us. We our version of masculinity is so toxic. Like it's not really. It's, and honestly, I really hate the word toxic masculinity. I don't really believe mm-hmm. in toxic masculinity. I just believe that we have a lack of true masculinity. So I don't yeah. really believe masculinity can be toxic. I don't believe femininity can be toxic. I feel like these are labels that we have assigned because we have not done the work to explore what femininity and masculinity really is, you know. So masculinity does not I, mean you have to hard rock all the time, you know. Uh, yeah. Being divinely masculine is knowing yourself as a person, you know, your emotional intelligence you are as a man, knowing what your triggers are, uh, and uh, being able to navigate your own head space, your heart space, and 
you know, your own soul even. You know, um, I do believe that men should know how household chores and women should know how to change tires, different things like that. You know, but, you know, it comes down to these are good survival skills that have. But, you know, as far as what I believe, you know, I do believe in traditional gender roles for the most part, you know, as far as, you know, how it plays out. Now, it's, it's a little different in our household because both, my husband and I are both entrepreneurs, and we are at home all the time. So I don't have the type of setup to where my husband goes out and first comes home, like they would ever, you know. But yeah. you the flow of masculine and feminine energy within our household, and we try to keep it in a healthy way. And even the way that our household is ran is more of a matriarch. And when I say matriarch, I don't say that in a way to where I am the dominant figure at all. Um, because yeah. I think with me and here, the word matriarch, we know what patriarch is. So we think, okay, it must just must be the reversal, but that is not what a matriarch is. Um, mm, you know, some people really know what that is, but you know, it's not a woman as fate. It doesn't, that's not what it is. Okay. It is a woman is more of a central theme of the house. So, um, she's more of the central theme. Now the man is, he's in his masculine. He's is the dominant figure as far as his roles and his energy discipline and things like that. But, you know, since we know that the womb is the center, uh, well, you know, that can go into a whole other subject. But, you know, the womb is the center. You know, we can say that the universe is the womb. You know, so we can say that the womb is is the center. It's the central thing. That's what everybody has either came out of or goes into. So with that being said, you know, that needs to be kept healthy. That means that the women in the house need to feel that they are protected, loved, um, cared for, and that their needs are provided for. We need to check in with mom to make sure that she is feeling okay. She's at her best because if she's not at her best, none of us will be at our best because, you know, out of her room is where, you know, the life of the household is. So, you know, we, we, my husband, you know, even the way it comes across, you know, he is the, you know, they know he is the dominant one, disciplinary, you know, we have those traditional yeah. roles, but it's yeah. not in an oppressive way. We interrupt this episode to express our gratitude for your listenership. Whether this is your first time listening or you're a regular listener, we want to deepen our connection. There are a few ways to do that. First, make sure you subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode. And of course, chances are that if you like the show, your friends will too. So be sure to post, share, and repost on all of your social media outlets. Also, don't be shy. Connect with Fred B on Twitter using the handle at Fred Talks, spelled Fred T-A-L-X. After you've completed those two steps, visit the Patreon page at patreon.com slash fredtalks. Remember, talks is spelled T-A-L-X. And check out the multitude of ways for you to support. Lastly, if you enjoy the podcast version of Fred Talks, imagine how electric a live Fred Talks session would be. Sure, recordings are great, but... When it comes to value, there are some intangibles that require you to be in a live setting to get full impact. The goal is to begin online via the podcast and ultimately take the sessions offline 
to do the real work of providing solution-oriented motivational sessions to impact current and emerging leaders of all ages. To get more information about hosting a live Fred Talk session for your staff, students, members, send an inquiry to fredtalks.com to get the conversation started. That's all for now. Let's get you back to the show. Since you alluded to, you know, not starting at this place, like, did you did you guys always see eye to eye on this, or how did you guys come to that? Do you guys like literally have those conversations? I need you to operate in a higher version of your and energy, or him, you know, I I need. I guess he would some more Matt, more pronounced in his masculine energy and he wouldn't have to tell you he would just take responsibility but anyway do those type of conversations or a variation of that conversation happen and did you guys always see uh walk in sync um in this paradigm first of all i want to say i really love the way you just worded that at the end like that was awesome like i'm gonna i'm like i'm gonna take that like <laughs> i'm just like <laughs> Okay. Like I'm gonna, yeah, okay. I'm gonna take it. That was cool. But okay, yeah. so the first, the first question you asked was, okay, so this is something we've had to grow into. You know, we've tried many different ways. We've been married for 13 years. Um, I, we were, Absolutely. we've been married. I, both of us have been married since we've been adults. Basically, I, we were married. Yeah. I was married. I've been married since I was 18. My husband was uh, wow. 20 years old when we got married. So, okay, yeah. Yeah, so yeah. we 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 so you definitely have we've to had to grow up. Yeah, yeah, yes. of course. Okay. So we've had okay. to grow into this. We've tried many different. We've explored all different types of ways of being married and doing parenting, yeah. and we found that this is the most conducive for our household. Yeah. But yes, we definitely had to grow into it. It, it wasn't something that my husband just said. You know, he didn't. You know, he came from. His dad was an older man, you know, when he okay. was very old school, older man. Um, and he he had a very old school way of thinking. I'm not sure. saying that, you know, but, you know, he, while he was very prominent in his masculinity in certain areas, like uh, being able to, he left a legacy for his, mm-hmm. you know, he, he did the things he produced. There was a lot of emotional, um, labor that he didn't do that wasn't really even yeah. encouraged at that time. So, you know, he yeah. wants to make sure that he can heal his bloodline in that period. Um, yeah. So, yeah, yeah, we we definitely had to grow into it, you know. Um, and I kind of grew up, you know, even with my grandma. Like, I saw her. She was always very feminist. But, you know, we live in a culture to where, you know, just your, your people who you grew up with are not your only influence. So, you know, I was influenced in other ways. So, we definitely have had to grow as a couple and as individual as individuals first and then together Simple. as a couple. Yes. What was the other question you asked? You asked something else. I have those. Okay. Do you guys have those like check checkup type of conversations? Like, do you ever? And again, I don't want to put your husband. I don't want to put him in any type of negative light or tip start. No, 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 know, no, 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 no. Yes. No, we yeah. both. Yes, we both check in with each other. Like sometimes okay. he will he will let me know. I can kind of somewhat tell if I'm being too much, if I'm being too much in my masculine energy, I can tell mm-hmm. the shit. I can speak it, you know, yeah, and he yeah. can tell when, you know, we both can tell, you know, when we need to adjust. So, yeah, we definitely have the conversations as well to where, hey, I need this from you. I need that from you. 
you know, um, this has helped, definitely helped communication. And, you know, as a couple, we're not perfect at all. You know, I'm not trying to make it out to be like we're just some model couple that everybody should model. You know, you know, we're just that. like everyone else. <clears throat> Y'all, I hate to do this to you. I hate to interrupt the episode right here, but the truth is there's not really a good place to press pause. So it looks like we're gonna have to have one more installment before we can wrap up this conversation. So I hope you've been edified by what you've heard so far, but you're gonna just have to keep coming back to hear what she's gonna say next. As always, I appreciate you tuning in one more again with your guy while you're here. Just a reminder to subscribe so you never miss an episode. Fred Talks is available on every podcast platform. And hey, run me those stars, fam. If you appreciate the show, say so. Log on to Apple iTunes and drop me a line about what you enjoy about the podcast. Leave that five-star review so the podcast becomes easier to find for others who are looking for something just like this. You probably don't think it's much support because it doesn't cost you much, but it absolutely means a lot to me that you would take a moment to do that for me. So thank you in advance. Hey, y'all have a great week. Tune in next week for another dope episode.